0: Hello, before we get into today's episode, if you're a musician, you're an artist, you're someone who wants to release a song one day, maybe it's a dream of yours, uh, don't forget you can do it through DistroKid. I'm not just saying it, DistroKid is what I use, it's what the Ritzy Kids use, I've put all my solo songs, any song I've ever released, I've put it out through DistroKid. Uh, it's like 20 bucks a year, and you can put unlimited songs out there into the ether or on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Music, the whole lot. DistroKid does the whole thing. If you're going to do it, I've got a link in the show notes right now where you can get a percentage off. I think it's 7% off the uh, $20 that you pay annually. I have said this before. I've used other distributors the streams that I was making was not covering the annual charge on those platforms. So I highly recommend DistroKid for you distributing your music. All right, let's get into today's episode. Let's go, boys. The
1: Street Press Podcast with Sean Fraser. For a start, there are not enough white men doing podcasts. I've got to always support that when that comes along.
0: I was talking to a mate today at a baby queue. We didn't cook a baby. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that yeah. was – I just want to thank you. Yeah, you. no, that it was, was. me. He wouldn't shake our head till he finished putting it on his gloves. <laughs> Imagine what it's like during the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. well, I got you here for the podcast after your big night last uh, night, so I'm stoked with that. I get a thrill knowing that you're doing what you're doing. That's good. Well, I don't know what I'm doing today. We're just sort of just winging it. Did you moon Kylie Minogue? Yeah. Hello and welcome to the Street Press Podcast. My name is Sean Fraser. I hope you're doing well. I know I say that every single week, but you know it comes from the heart. I truly hope you're doing good. Today is episode 49 and a little self-indulgent, I must admit. Um, this week, we've got my band on, the Ritzy Kids. Uh, at, well, three quarters of the band. Um, Jared couldn't make it, unfortunately. Uh, feeling a bit crook on uh, Sunday when we recorded this. <laughs> it's a bit rough doing a podcast on the weekend. I've got to admit, that's I, I apologise, Jared. Sorry, mate. But Andrew and Scotty, they jumped on the call with me. And uh, this is a really exciting week for us. Uh, we've got our debut EP, Walking Talking Mess, coming out on Friday. Uh, seven songs that we have been... First of all, we started jamming, you know, over a year ago in a, in a little shack in uh, West Gosford. And then we went into the studio, got them recorded. Uh, we did a lot of stuff in the studio. We did a lot of stuff at the studio at my house. It's been a long time coming. And, uh, you know, from when we got it all together to where we are now, it's, uh, it's been really incredible. It's been an amazing experience for, for all of us. Yeah, so Scotty and Andrew are on this episode and we chat about a bunch of stuff. We talk about the ups and downs of being in this band. Um, look, there's far more ups than there are downs, but we do talk about some of the mishaps that have happened uh, in, our, in our journey, our short journey so far, you know, being knocked back from gigs and thinking that we're going to play a really good gig, getting your hopes up. I know that if there's anyone out there listening who's a musician, you know what that feeling's like. You've had it happen once or twice before. You get excited for something, you start telling your friends about it, and then bum, bum, the rug gets pulled from underneath your feet. We talk about some of the gigs that we've had. We talk about the songs on the EP. We sort of go through them one by one, and uh, look, there is a moment in this in this interview and I, and I tossed and turned about whether I would keep it in or take it out. It's very easy to take it out this day and age with the computer. You can just go, oh, I don't like that. There's some tears, there's an emotional moment, and uh, I've decided to leave it in today. Why not? What the hell? We're all human. Have a listen to the chat. This is the Ritzy Kids. This is the band I'm in. Some of my best mates first and foremost. We're also bandmates too and we like to write music, we like to write songs. So this is Scotty McGee, Andrew Renfrew, not Jared Matthews, he'll be on another time, we'll get him back, the bassist, but this is our chat, hope you enjoy. That's a good jersey or is it a shirt? Jersey baby. That's sick.
1: How are you going? Yeah, good. One more week of work and then I'm done.
0: Oh yeah.
2: Scott I don't McGee. do know him. Don't know. Look at you in your office.
0: Yeah, just crunching some numbers. <laughs> What's happening? Oh, you know, oh, we just went and had a look at the um at the wedding venue. Oh yeah, fun. nice. But we've already looked at it. We just went and had a look at it um again because Maddie lo- wanted to see it again. So just just make sure it's still there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got Andrew. We got Scott. We got me. And there's no Jared. <laughs> What's he doing? Who knows what he's doing? <laughs> you got it's a call from a sticky already. Yeah, he's Chuck to sticky from here. Scotty, you got a call from him last night. Yeah, I, I had a quite a big one, but
2: I think he might have been on the same boat. I'm not sure where he is or what he's doing at the moment.
0: That's bass players for you.
1: If any street press podcast listeners know how to play the bass,
0: um stack <laughs> him, you reckon. Oh look. <laughs> The timing of this one's perfect. It couldn't be any better because in a couple of days the EP is coming out. Scotty, firstly for you, like what does it mean to have something like this coming out on Friday? Um, I know that we've always said to each other that we'd like wanted to be in a band all that sort of stuff. And now that we've compiled all these songs together and what's your feelings at the moment?
2: Well, I think even since I started playing drums, my goal in life was to just – whether it was an eight track recording something shit or recording something good and to put something like this together with like a good bunch of dudes is like, yeah, I couldn't be
0: prouder. I can't wait. I actually listened to your eight track recordings back in the day, Remember, you legit yeah, used to yeah. record an eight track. I? So <laughs> I used to do the guitar and everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You sent hit or miss to me once. Yeah, one of the old newfound songs. It's the only song I could play. But no, it's going to be good. I'm, I'm very excited. And Andrew, we've been playing together for so long, but we've never recorded together.
1: It's unreal to have actually some justification of why we have so many instruments and all the time we spent learning and playing. I've had no real proof until now, so it's, uh, it's good to finally have something out there.
0: It's an exciting time, like... I've released a few things over the years, but it's a different feel with this 100% because I've always been releasing solo stuff and acoustic stuff. And not only is this genre now different, but um, I got my mates, we're all together in this and yeah, I, I'm just really, really excited for Friday. Let's talk about some of the songs and what are your favourites? Andrew, what's your, what's your favourite song on the record at the moment? Does it change or has it always been the same? Oh, I think
1: mine changes all the time. Um Walking Talking Mess, the track itself, seems to to always be in the mix. Um, that's one that, you know, it's a new one, hasn't hasn't been out yet. But I still go back to Dark Blue Sky as just as just one of our favourites to play, one of my favorites to play. But there's more importantly, there's none that I don't like playing. There's none that none like, oh shit, not this one again. <laughs> that's good.
0: Or killer, no filler. Yeah, that's it. If we can say that about our own songs. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> Scotty, what about you? Um, yeah, I'm the same. Mine changes. I think band-wise, we're all in the same boat with Dark Blue Sky. But mine was always medicine. And then once you sent me through Borders, it's nuts. Borders is wild. I love it. Absolutely love it. The whole part of Borders is just unbelievable. So
0: right now, Borders, but ask me next week. Could be something else. And we recorded the majority of it um, ourselves, basically. And um, the the difference from a demo from within my room <laughs> to what it ends up being is is quite extraordinary. Um, Willard's mix he's he's a freak at what he does.
2: Yeah, he's unbelievable. It's funny you get the demos back and you're like, yeah, these are cool songs, but you're like, Look this is shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then somehow Willard does his thing. Yeah. And you get it back, and you just like fuck, like unbelievable difference.
1: I still want to say though that the demos themselves is like what we heard, what Scotty and I heard that Sean sent us was basically the the, the whole song it was just it was just in demo format, but everything was basically already there. So it's it sounds sonically better that we've you know put time and effort into it, and Willard his magic on it, but we didn't have to do too much. If anything at all with the original tracks, and that you know, that, and that's testament to you know Sean's Sean's songwriting, and you know it's not just this album; it's it's the two Sean Fraser records before, which we both love, and I, I, I presume Jared does as well, but he's not here. But you know, we'll speak for him.
2: RIP. Right, <laughs> yeah,
1: rest in peace. The the songs themselves Sean had already put together and that's that's the basis of what you hear. So I hope I hope one day that the twentieth anniversary when we're still playing as a band, these demos get to come out and, and people can see how they how they first sounded in Sean's little home studio in COVID <laughs> two years ago.
2: I think I also think it's credit to you though, Sean, when when we first like you sent me your first demos to when you were sending back what you're going to send to Willard how much that even changed so I remember you saying oh I'm in there for hours like it's tedious it's it's painful but yeah as Andrew said I you know we weren't just getting these little a track shitty demos back from you we were getting like almost cd quality we just needed someone with that who knows what they're doing in that final stage to finish it off and yeah, between you and Willard, yeah, you nailed it. Like it's it sounds fucking amazing. Well, thank you.
0: Thank you very much. <laughs> I'll give you some cash later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. As- 20, uh, possibly. $20 per positive comment. Yeah, oh no, heaps. And you brought up um the pandemic and, and it that's where the band was born. It's funny. I sort of just bought a telecaster and um just because I was bored and then just started I plugged it into a few things, and it is amazing how you can just record from home and stuff. And there was no way I was ever just going to be on my own, daughter. Fuck that. Like that first jam session, I think it was November 24, 2021. One of the things that was cool was you two didn't know each other at all. No. And then just getting into the um, into the room and then just like it, it just seemed to work. And I've always said to you guys, I think playing music and, and the way you are and your style and stuff, that's cool, yeah, but there's a big percentage of like everyone getting along and having a good time. And, and that sort of just with, especially you two like that kicked off from, from, from day one.
2: Yeah. I mean, you don't mean Sean, I'm not really like a serious, I mean, I am a serious kind of guy, but I always love to have a laugh and muck around and, yeah, I remember that first jam I've told Andrew I was shitting myself like coming into these these guys that have been playing together before and not knowing what to expect but no everyone was just super
0: welcoming and yeah from that night onwards we, it was just it just felt right you know some people have have actually said to me just through videos that they've seen or music and stuff photos that it seems like we're having a good time and um And I always say it's not just seems like like it's genuine. Like we we really do like enjoy each other's company, and we do have a a really really good time. There's a lot of things that we talk about and joke about that probably can't be said can't be said on here. How important is that for a band? You reckon, Andrew? Like everyone getting along?
1: No, hundred percent. Like I, um, who I I reckon I'm the black sheep of the band. Like you three know each other. They've known each other since since the days gone by, and you know, Sean and I. We've known each other for about ten years now. We started working together, but then yes, Scotty, I've known less than two years now. Look, I was, I was a bit intimidated by him at first. I wasn't sure if he actually uh, liked me in that first gem session. He goes, "Oh, who's 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 this punk? He's 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 dragged in."
0: You were scared by his tattoos, were you?
1: I I, I was, and uh, <laughs> but yeah, now we 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 all get along so great now, and you know the the group chats, um, I, I hope get permanently deleted. <laughs> um, when, when, when we pass away, but, um, it's a great thing to be a part of. And, um, you know, it's, it doesn't, it never feels like a chore going to band rehearsal. You know, I, I, I live down in Sydney. I'm driving up 90 minutes each way
0: yeah,
1: minimum to, to band practice and it never seems, oh shit, not this again. it's always cool. I can't wait to get to band practice and just throw guitar picks at Scotty during every single song.
2: That's it. You are very dedicated. Oh, that it's unbelievable.
0: It's a long drive and there's been some things that have been, happened on the M1, you know, where there's been a crash or something and you've had to sit there. And But you always get there to, to band practice. And, um, yeah, dedication, it's 10 out of 10. And the key, He treats himself with the KFC on the way home. Can't beat a bit of the kernel. No. If when I look at YouTube both and Jared as well, the influences are very different. Like, Scotty, you love your pop punk stuff, but I know you love Queen and and uh, a variety of music. Uh, Andrew, I'd say you're more heavy with some of you some of the bands that you like. Um, obviously, Philly's a big, but uh, it's nice to have that in the band too. Jared's um, Arctic Monkeys sort of focused and that sort of stuff. It's really cool to have everyone sort of with different different tastes of music.
2: I think it would just get boring if we were all into, like, you know, the same music. Yeah. You can't really explore more like I love heavy stuff. I love soft stuff. Man, I can listen to some rap. I like, but I think you need to like, especially if you're a musician, you can't just focus on one genre or one style. I think you've got to explore. And then when you've got four different opinions coming in, like it, it just it works so well.
1: No, it's great that you know we don't all have exactly the same favorite band. We don't all listen to the exact same thing because when we get we're going we're gonna to produce exactly the one thing that we listen to. But um. I've grown up playing a lot of different types of music and, and that doesn't go just to rock and pop it like blues and even like classical and Irish folk music. Like it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's all in there. Um, and I think that's one thing I like to explore and especially um, in the vocal sort of section that of our harmony, vocal harmonies, that yep. it's, we can do different things and um, yeah, take influences and not just have it sounding the same.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um- the gigs we we've only played a handful of gigs. It's funny. It's heaps fun because when I put these videos together, like for social media and stuff, I'm like, surely I'm gonna run out of like <laughs> content. How hard has it been, Scotty, just to get a um to get right. a gig at the moment? And it's so frustrating. And I think this is very important because I know a lot of people that listen to this podcast might be in bands and stuff. They're probably sitting there thinking, yes, it is fucking hard at the moment to get a good originals gig. I mean. Yeah, I've seen,
2: I actually started a folder in my um, emails and the amount of emails that I've sent off to either one, no reply, which shits you to fucking tears or just say no. Yeah. Or it's, yeah, we'll pass, we'll pass it on, Like, we'll pass your band name on and then just nothing. But I think it's just shit these days that these bands are coming from say Melbourne to play in Sydney and they just bring in all their own supports. Like, how are these bands in Sydney supposed to be jumping on? And, you know, like, we're all happy to travel, like, Wollongong, all those top areas, but it's
0: it seems impossible at the moment. It's just, it's just like you're banging your head against a brick wall. Like, it's run by agencies, and that's sort of the way it goes at the moment. But never have I felt it more than. Than right mm. now I think it's because the pandemic and and they just want to know that they can get bums on seats but that also yeah. doesn't work in the fact that it, how hard is it to throw on the local gossip band with your show that you're bringing through, through the town. So it is frustrating. I'm I'm really hating that aspect at the <laughs> moment. Like if, if you were to ask me like, yeah, the most annoying thing for us right now, it's getting a gig.
2: And it's, it's more frustrating because we've got, you Know an hour set that we <laughs> all believe is a killer set, ready to go. Like, whether we jump in on a half an hour slot or someone drops out and you get put in and they're going, Oh, it's going to be like 45 minute set. And you're like, well, mm. We're going to have to cut some songs then because we're ready to go. Like, that's you, these little like bands that you know people, what, what do they say? What it's not what you know, who you know, they get thrown on these bills on like a half an hour set and they've got like yeah. five songs. Yeah. So, all right. I won't stop chasing though. I'll be. Nah. I'll be blackmailed from all agencies emails <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're going to have to start um adding favors. I'll do this for you. I'll do yeah, that. Yeah.
2: I'll wash your car. <laughs>
0: um but yeah, the, the gigs that we have had have been pretty good, good fun. Um the Bridge Hotel like that's obviously our, our first gig. It was a nice little turnout.
1: Uh, it was a great turnout for a um for a little debut gig. Um yeah, as he said like, you know, we we put that show on ourselves and um Look, I think there was a few more people there for the rave afterwards. Um, <laughs> if only we'd got there. The... They were
0: already basically acting like they were at a rave. One day, yeah. if they remember. Nah, it.
1: But um, <laughs> yeah, the, those that came to see us that night were were unreal. And um, no, nah, it was it was a loose night for sure.
0: I reckon if you pulled a few of them aside and said, "Oh, yeah, remember you came to the gig? How was it? Maybe, like, <laughs> or oh, did I go? What <laughs> gig?"
1: No, I so. We we're deciding on the set times for, for this, and Sean was like, Oh, no, nah, put us on as late as possible. And like, yeah. everyone who's coming to this gig has started drinking coming down from the coast at like 2 p.m. You got to put us on early, like 8 o'clock, like it's got to be like, you know, eight thirty latest. And you're like, Oh, no, nah, we'll, we'll start at like 10 p.m. Everyone was so sourced by them, it was ridiculous. Yeah, they looked all right, they
2: were sweet, they could have driven home. <laughs> It was like the uh, like mental institute gave him a day out. I just remember Taz opening the bus door and we're just like, whoa.
0: Yeah. Oh big shout out to Tazzy too. So he's been the guy that's been dropping, you know, people that want to come to the shows to the show. And that night at the bridge, I think someone spewed in the bus or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a it was a horrid
2: night for ta- poor old Tazzy. I'm pretty sure he missed the whole set because he was wiping the seats down outside.
1: <laughs> oh no. And that's why Jared is banned from the bus now. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> After that gig, we got away and we uh, I think we went to the pub at Balmain or something. We went to another pub. We <laughs> we didn't drink at that pub. We went to a different one because um, it was so crazy. Did, did I got? I told you this is the story about how I
2: left my car at the bridge, and then when I woke up, we woke up in the city and heading home. I got I got dropped off in my car. It was about nine thirty a.m. and what. Like, <laughs> walking up say like 100 200 meters from the bridge it or you could hear just like <laughs> like <laughs> non-stop and i was just
0: like holy shit like yeah. so there was yeah so after our gig there was a rave on and um it was a 12 hour rave and it started at midnight
2: <clears throat>
0: <laughs> we
2: could have done it back in the day scott i was thinking about going in just for <laughs> a laugh so no, it was a good show though i, I Quite enjoy the whole aspect of um, throwing throwing our own shows, like you know, doing all the sound. But I just I just love that one little break. Just you know, not a massive band, but just a a little bit bigger band. Just a, I wouldn't mind the whole day of yeah, just you know, even playing with an idol or
0: something like that. Like it'd just be cool. I think this is a perfect segue into the most heartbreaking moment of the band. Oh. So you don't want to talk about it? Look, we got it. We got to I can't just leave people hanging. Uh, so we get send an email off to the Cambridge Hotel. Oh, can we play in that Luca Brasi show? He just writes back ten minutes like, Yeah, no worries. He's two hundred bucks. All right. We're like, what? It's happening.
2: Wrote it back and said, "We'll pay you. T-. What? Like we pay <laughs> yeah. you? <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll pay you two hundred bucks to play the gig. So it was all happening. Everything was good. Smooth, smooth sailing. We're um. We're jamming like crazy because it's only six weeks away. And um, two days before, message reads Hey, everyone. Um, unfortunately, there's been sickness within the band. Uh, these shows will not be going ahead. Not only not going ahead, like they're fully canceled, not even going to be rescheduled. So we just, well, I remember just being so deflated by that. Like that was our, going to be a, a good little moment for us. And then it all came crashing down. Yeah, that was hard. it. Was hard. Worst day of my whole life.
1: <laughs> Until you got your guitar stolen.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's, that, oh, that's-
2: yeah. I've been meaning to get that back to you, Sean. Too. Nah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was hard. I think it was just because of the whole build-up. We we're all so excited, and we worked so hard in band prac. You know, we we put effort into not just having a set, but a show. And we like we were just like, oh, this is going to be amazing. And then it just hit you like a ton of bricks. As yeah. soon as I read that myth, I thought you were taking the piss at first, no. but then it, it was it was
0: literally heartbreaking. Like, I remember saying to you, yeah, usually I can find like the positive angle on on everything. Like, seriously, I really think I can. And then we're sitting there in the car park after jam, and I was like, still can't fucking think of one though. Nah,
2: we had Taz, Taz organized a full bus. Mm. We had everything like merch ready to go.
0: And then, oh, well. And the, and the reason I brought that disappointment up was because that's why we started doing our own gigs. Yeah, that's correct. So um Andrew's going uh overseas soon this week. You must be pumped. You've been working your guts out.
1: I yeah, I um long a holiday from work. Um I've got about a thousand Ritzy Kid stickers in my bag <laughs> ready to go to uh slap all over the Eiffel Tower and whatever other landmarks I can yeah. I can find.
0: It would be sick. Imagine if you're just giving it out and then – because it does work. I remember back in the day out the front of gigs, like you'd go see Fallout Boy and then you'd walk out the front and then there'd be like some local band giving them CDs out and stuff. So maybe we should load you up.
1: I reckon we should. I'm not
0: joking. Be good. Be good. Uh, Scotty, let's talk a little bit about the uh, the recording. We went down to Botany Bay Studios. Uh, Rankham, I think it's called. We were there with um, yeah. Dom and, uh, and Tim Carr, who's a legend. That was such an awesome day, like, because in your head you're just thinking, oh, yeah, we would go
2: on down to this studio, but that, that studio is insane down there. Like, how nice was it and all that? But not only that, but to work with, like, Tim Carr and Dom, who was helping him, it was, yeah, it was a really, really, like, eye-opening day for me and super fun. Like, they and just
0: and- made it so cruisy and they were so, like, accommodating. And and the drum room, like, it's actually a really good sounding yeah. drum room. There's two favourite parts of the day for me, because I really did fuck all. Um <laughs> The first ones are negative. When we, we're tracking Crank the Stereo, which is the first song on the EP, um, Scotty runs through one whole take and then it's time to do a second, I think. As you're drumming and I'm in the other room, we could just hear something wasn't right and then walk out, sticks gone right through the snare. That was panic stations at that time We're like, oh, no, we've booked this for one day and we don't have a snare. Yeah, that, it was a funny one, though, because it actually blew
2: out the bottom skin of the snare so i was playing too and i had music in my ears and click track and all like whatnot and yeah it sounds something was just off to me as well i'm like oh i'll just keep going and then after a while i was like no nah, no nah, something's not right and then even tim said something's going on what's that and when you look at when i looked at the snare it looked sweet but then we flipped it upside down the whole thing was blown out
1: and then we get to uh at the sunken monkey you, and <laughs> you um break your bass pedal. Oh, far out,
2: I don't think I've had one show
1: yet. I think you you need to pack two drum kits, two two of everything, every single gig. Just have two drum kits set up, You just go to the
0: other one. You raise a good point, Andrew, about when you play live, there's so many things that have to go right for the show to to sound good. No one understands you. You go and play... 30 bucks for a ticket and you go and see a band play you don't you're not even thinking about any of these things that can go wrong for the band up there and there are so Uh many so many elements and like we were one song in at the sunken monkey gig and i and i could tell that you were in trouble scott and i was (laughs) like and it's weird it's like you're sort of standing on the stage i want to help you but i don't know how to and i
2: think the most unprofessional thing to do is just stop like if you're jamming or whatever at band practice, yeah, fair enough. You're like, oh, hang on, I just need to fix this. But at a show like that and something like that goes wrong, it's just instant panic, which is worse too because you're more than likely going to fuck something else up. And yeah. then you think, oh, shit, I'm letting the boys down.
0: I'm letting the crowd down. What do I do? Like, yeah, it's it's not good. There's so many things that happen on a gig night, yeah, like I said, and you just like – They stress you out. I I know at the bridge when we were playing that gig and the sound, like there was, there was (laughs) problems, there was problems with the sound. Like, you know, we're trying to get it up and running and I felt sorry for the, for the, for the sound dude that was uh, pulling it all together. We got there in the end, but uh, I remember looking out at uh, the crowd rocking up just through the bar and just looking back at the stage and going, we're not going to have a show tonight. Like I was that worried. I was so stressed and I don't stress too much, but Um, Andrew had a a really good part in that. I think. I think Andrew was like, I think it's this. I think he said that early on, and then it ended up being that. I didn't
1: want to, you know, fully take over, but that's. I think. I think that's what I had to do at the end.
0: Yeah. So the record's out Friday. Let's go through a few of the songs. Well, let's go through all seven. Starting at number one, Crank the Stereo. I'll start with this one. I think it's the real energizer. I think this is this song had to be the the, the starting track because it's a lot of fun. It's a real pump up song. Uh, it's a,
1: it's the perfect one to kick the EP off. It's a it's a party starter. It's a it's an anthem about you know chucking on some tunes with with some mates and having a party. It's um it's upbeat. We all have fun playing it, and it's just a it's a great energy lifter.
2: Yeah, I think the same. I don't think you could pick another track to open the EP. To me, it's a throwback. It reminds me of like high school, kind of house parties and just everyone having a great time. And it's it's good. I think it's a real fun, catchy, and from what I've heard, it's it's an almost besides breakthrough a crowd favorite.
0: That song lyrically, we we're in lockdown, and I was, I was I was writing about all the things that I missed, and and, and the main thing that I missed was seeing friends and having beers together and and that's where that song sort of came from. It was like, you know, let's let's throw a party again like we used to. That's basically yeah. the vibe of that song. But uh Hollywood's the second song, Hollywood famous. Uh it's the shortest one that we got on the EP. Mm. It's got heaps of balls to it though. Real big balls. like massive huge <laughs> balls, like big bull balls. Scott, you and Jared, one of my favorite parts about that song is how you two sort of lock in with the with the um you know drum and bass part.
2: I've told you this before. I think the first time you showed me it, oh, literally the those first chords blew me away before even the beat or anything kicks in. So I think that was a good start. And then when Jaron had his baseline to play along with that, I think that was all that was needed.
1: The roof in the bridge there is very uh, block party, short sack reminiscent. Um, it's a, it's a good, um, good tribute to our Budgie Warrior counterparts, our Central Coast counterparts. Whether you wrote <laughs> it that way or not, I don't know, but I'm, I'm calling it that. But no, it's 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 two minutes of um just flat out power, and it's um it's a fun one to play.
0: Walking Talking Mess is number three. It's obviously the title track as well. It's probably the darkest song that we got. It's just so heavy to me. My favourite part is
2: the intro, leading all the way into the first verse. That riff actually um I hear a bit of Paramore in that the opening kind of riff, and I think it's just it's huge. This song just takes you and just grabs you. I, I love it.
0: Number four is Borders. I think Borders is another one. I never wanted to write like the pandemic album or anything like that, but uh, a lot of the songs obviously were written in that time. So you've just got to go, you've got to just go, oh, well, well, that's how it is. But Borders was actually written about a guy who I work with right now. He was saying he couldn't go and see his son down in Victoria because of the Borders at the time. So I basically went home and wrote that. Scotty, you said, it's uh, one of your favourite ones that came back as a mix. Yeah. So when
2: Borders came back, I don't know what it was, but it reminds, same with Walking, Talking, Mess. I think it just brings you in and then, you. to me, I'm just, like, captivated in it. Like, it's, it's so catchy. The lyrics are, I reckon the lyrics are so good. But I still think my favourite part of that song is definitely Andrew's mm. Vocals yeah. in the chorus. It just I, it makes because when we had it, remember when you were going to throw it in the last chorus or something like that. Yeah. And then you you told Willard to put it in all of them, and we you were like, "What do you think?" And it, it just the chorus is massive.
1: I think I think we had finished recording vocals for the day. I think we had a few songs to do. We'd done them, and they're like, "Oh, let's just try a few things here. If if it pays off, it pays off. If it doesn't, we just delete it and that." became an integral part to it. I don't think there's a song where I don't sing, but this one in particular's got a lot of lot of vocals in it for me. And, you know, it's not just because I'm I'm the one singing, it, I'm having fun on stage, but I think that that's what really makes some of these songs really good is is layering layering that into it and just having um these vocal harmonies.
0: Medicine's number five it's probably I think I've said before that other songs were my favorite, but I feel like I want to change right now. I really, I really like medicine. Well, talking about vocals. I can hell. You guys have got the local choir in to record that <laughs> yeah. one.
2: <laughs> yeah, there's so much um happening. Thing so much happening, but it, nothing seems out of place. And I don't sit there and listen to it and go, oh, that's a bit too much. Like I think it's just to me it's the it's the catchiest song up there with Hollywood on the EP by far. But I the chorus, I love love the chorus.
0: Well Andrew's going to be or oh, I might try this, might do this, might do that, might do that and all of a sudden I'm like fuck it sounds like there's 35 people here. <laughs> and it sounded sounded really
1: good. I think in the in the days leading up to us having that vocal session we had set a date, you and I were sharing um lots of just random, you know, TikToks and Instagram vids to each other of different recording styles and different tricks and different, you know, just things to try and I was I was I was busy going through that and looking oh, you know you know, I wonder if, I wonder if there's a, any song that we could try this kind of recording style or this kind of vocal harmony or anything like that. And it got to that part and I was like, oh, you know, hey, Sean, I got this idea. Just loop it, record it. And I think 12 times I just went, did one take on each and did like a stack of 12 <laughs> and notes. The thing
0: that's funny is not all of what Andrew did is on the recording because there was so much. like <laughs>
1: No, I, I, reckon there's, I reckon there's only about half of the notes I did.
0: Yeah, yeah, you went heaps deep.
2: I'd love to hear just the vocal track of all the, the just the chorus, but only vocals.
0: Yeah. Well, he really did go that deep. He was going, <laughs> And it was it was wild.
1: I'm actually glad it was just Sean and I for that day because I don't think, I, I think Scotty and Jared just would have been <laughs> piercing themselves laughing the entire time. We wouldn't have got anything done.
0: And you know what's funny? You're in that creative space, and you start. You come up with an idea, and you and you need to build it. When you have to start layering and building it, it's hard to make it sound good initially. So you, it's like you've got to you've got to stick with the idea because you go, oh, I'll sing it like this, and then I'll sing it like this, and then we might have been sitting there that day going, yeah, it's all right. But then you go, and then I'll do this one, and we'll do this one, and then eventually it takes shape, and it's amazing. But I reckon there's a lot of people in that creative process when they're doing that. They drop off. They go. Nah, I can't be. Can't be bothered. Dark blue skies, number six. I think for all four of us, I think it's uh, has its own little place in our hearts. I think we really enjoy um, playing that one. Yeah, I don't know what it was, but you kind of
2: everyone just enjoyed that. And it's a very serious song, but for some reason, playing alive, it's like one of the funnest.
1: I love the the demo, the original demo. Um, there's in the in the second verse is probably. One of my favorite vocal harmonies on the record, and it goes so freaking high for me. And uh, I remember the first few rehearsals, I just couldn't get it because I'm playing a I'm playing a guitar part which is completely not in time with that either. But we just persisted and persisted, and finally, I, I taught myself how to sing that high. <laughs> and I think it sounds um great now. And you know, doing it live, it's just got a it's got a great energy to it.
0: Hey Son's the last track. I reckon it's a perfect finisher. Um I always have this tendency with um with the records that I make, Andrew's nodding, where I have something sad at the at the end of the I don't know why I do it too. Like I should be, you know, we should be, you know, happy, sad, and then finish on a high note. But uh yeah, this song sort of obviously you guys know it means a lot to me. It's about dad and um, you know, it's more so about dad um talking to my brother, Ricky, if he could talk anymore, uh, as morbid as that sounds. Yeah. I think the beautiful thing about it was when I got sent back the the master of it, there's a few elements here. When I got sent back the master, I had tears in my, I, (laughs) I had tears in my eyes because I was, I was stoked with how he's all played on it. And, um, yeah, yeah. It just like meant so much and um yeah it's weird i'm fucking crying <laughs> well, i think
2: i think sean um like knowing you so well that that song is lyrically my favorite by far because we all know how much it means to you but not only you know not only did we want to make that song good for you i think you should be proud of that it's 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 a wicked song still like the way you've written it and like you know to have the balls i guess and to to go through all that and I guess that's your out, like how, how you grieve and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I think it was an honor for us boys to, for you to even bring that like song to us and say, and yeah, I think, I think it means a lot to all of us. Not like knowing you so well, I think it's, I think we're all proud to be part of that song.
0: Yeah. I was was so, so happy. Like, and Andrew, like, um, you know, just just having Andrew like even in the recording studio that day, he was like, um, you know, I should play the part of someone in this song. So it's like it's not just Andrew rocking up on the day and just going, look, I'll just um, I'll just sing or I'll do whatever. But he was like, no, we should like, you know, make this better by you know. So that stuff like means a lot.
1: Yeah, completely echoing all Scotty's sentiments. There, it's um, you know, it's 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 a beautiful song. It is the perfect finish for the record, and you know, it's something that means a lot to you and and all of us supporting you through that even like where i think even in rehearsal i don't know if, if either of you have noticed this in the jam room we're mucking around in every single song as soon as we start that song as soon as you play the first notes we just we just tune it back and go no nah, where it's it's we're paying respect to this song as it should be like there's no there's no mucking around with it yeah and you know us recording the vocals you know had had the idea for that little call and response which you'll hear on the on the track and um i think that added greatly to it and you know it's 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 a beautiful song and you should be should be really proud of it
2: as as you said andrew i think the that vocal beat you guys added in completes the song but yeah when we first got that mix back you know you always asked us is there anything you want to change or you want to do And uh, well there wasn't there, it was just no nah, that's
0: that's it well that's all seven tracks and a cry in there as well so uh, <laughs> i love you boys so much and jared included probably a little less though because he wasn't because <laughs> he wasn't on today but yeah this 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 record we are absolutely pumped we've worked very hard on it and uh i can't wait for it to come out
2: No, I'm very, very excited and, yeah, same to you guys. Love you, boys, and hopefully everyone else enjoys the EP and gets around it, shares it, plays it, streams it.
0: And if not, if not, just fucking say you did. Just say you enjoyed it. It Makes (laughs) us us feel good.
2: Yeah, ring (laughs) me and
0: tell me how good it
2: is.
0: (laughs) Yeah, there it is. My good mates, Scotty and Andrew from our band, The Ritzy Kids. Hope you enjoyed that chat. It's uh, It sort of went everywhere, and uh, we covered off, obviously, the EP, um, which is out this Friday. So if you want to get your hands on it, go to theritzykids.com. We've got a few bundles up there. Um, obviously, you can just hit play on the streaming on Spotify, but if you want to support, you can go to theritzykids.com. Right now, there's some merch there, some bundles, yada, yada, all of that. I hate sounding too salesy, but... Uh, but, yeah, if you want to get behind us, go to riskykids.com. All right, it's time for this. Letters! Yeah, this is Letters. You can write it on into the show. Go to thestreetpresspodcast.com forward slash letters or you can click in the show notes right now or maybe when the episode's finished um, and write me a letter. You write it, I'll read it. I say that every week. Um, this one's quite simple. Indy just wanted to let me know that he uh, really enjoyed the You Me at Six episode, and he was curious as to how I get the guests. Well, basically, I send out a lot of emails sometimes. Um, some days I'll sit down and, uh, and I'll punch out 20, 30, 40. You know, I think my biggest day was about 60 emails. Um, and some people reply, others don't. Um, As you heard in the interview with Scotty, he says, you know, he explained how annoying it can be when no one writes back. That happens to me every day. Um, But that episode in particular, Josh was keen to jump on, had a listen, thought, okay, that podcast is cool, I'll jump on. Well, so I think, that's what what I'm guessing he did. Um, So I am relentlessly pursuing artists every week, every day even. Uh, I try not to do it on the weekends, but uh, if you've got an artist that you think that I should interview or who should be on the Street Press Podcast, there's also on the website, streetpresspodcast.com, a request form, and you can put someone down. If you put that person down or that band down, I actively go on the hunt. I go out there. I go searching. I send emails. I talk to people find out if anyone knows that artist and I try to get them on. And after all that work, sometimes they go, I don't want to be on it. (laughs) Yeah, that'll do for this week's episode of the Street Press Podcast. A weird one. We'll return to probably normal programming next week. Um, Unless, of course, this EP that comes out on Friday, it goes really well and then I make heaps of money and then I go on holiday somewhere for six months. The likelihood of that not too high, but uh, I will catch you here. Same time next week. Enjoy yourself. Have a nice week. ta